What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Robert Parker. And this is PWCA, a.k.a. the podcast without a cool acronym, where it is... What, what, what is it here, Robert? It is all Phineas and Ferb all the time. There we go. Yep, this is... We are going episode by episode, adventure by adventure, scheme by scheme, to we get through the entire show, so... As you can tell, it's going to be a very long-running podcast. It absolutely will be. Uh, 104 days of summer, baloney. All right, so... Yeah, absolutely crap. We are on episode... 17. 17. Wow, man, time flies. Episode 17, Get That Bigfoot Out of My Face. A interesting one to talk about, to say the least. So, uh, you know, Robert, give us a setup for this one. Yeah, so this actually is an episode of firsts um, as far as, like, new characters being introduced, new gimmicks being introduced, all that good stuff. Um, but Phineas, Ferb, uh, their friends, Candace, the Fireside Girls, a big group of people are all going to a place that they call Camp Phineas, which is basically their grandparents' house. Uh, they're going to Linda, uh, Phineas and Candace's mom's parents. Yeah, Linda, uh, they, Linda right. Yep, Linda, Linda's parents who live out just in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, in a cabin, and they're just, like, going to visit them for a weekend, or a day, or a couple days, and they're just going to hang out. So they have this, you know, van full of people that yeah, are coming full, to the grandparents' house. Full of all the assortment of background extras they can find. <laughs> exactly. Every you, you single know one except Django. You know, yeah, like, you know who's not here <laughs> at this camp? Django. <laughs> Django. Every single side character in the show except Django is here. Every, every stock character from the Roller Coaster episodes at this camp. Not the guy we put on the circus with, though. Nope. Nope. Not the named character. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, a bunch of guys that we see in passing already show up to this camp. But yeah, no, Django was just like, nah, you, he, he, he didn't get his parents' permission to slip sign in time, so he couldn't go. Exactly. He didn't get it figured out. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter though. So uh, we go to the camp, and this is the first time. Yeah, like this episode of Furs is the first time we meet Phineas and Ferb's grandparents, or well, one half of their grandparents, uh, yeah. Grandpa Clyde and Grandma Joe. Yeah, also. Betty Joe. Betty Joe, that's it. Yeah. So, and they are like your typical all-American, you know, <laughs> having having fun grandparents yeah. and they're, they're the grandparents that you would expect would live in the woods in a cabin yeah and they're the kind of grandparents you expect to like you, you know like with like the gene succession you can see a lot of like you know a lot of phase of Ferb's tendencies or a lot mainly a lot of famous tendencies in Phineas himself exactly yeah you can definitely see some of the resemblance both like physical and personality wise yeah i mean like, you could totally see like this being the kind of old man Phineas will eventually grow up into Exactly. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, he, like, he, he's he's fun. He's fun loving. He's he's like the grandpa. He's fun loving. He's energetic, and even like the grandmother is she she has like her own very distinct personality. She's, yeah, she's she's quirky. She has her own idiosyncrasies, uh, but they're fun. Yeah, they are fun, and they would be like the best grandparents on the show if we didn't get introduced to uh, Ferb's grandparents later on. Which yeah, I agree that they're also <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but basically, pretty much that's it. It's just them going. It's just them going and doing like a bunch of camp stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. It's them <laughs> at camp. It's Phineas as camp director. It's uh, Candace as camp counselor. It's Candace complaining that they're in the outdoors and there's bugs and she can't get her cell phone reception because she's a, a she's, classic she's bratty a teenager. teenage girl. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's that's really it for the boys' plot until we get a little bit later into the show. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do like the thing where, uh, you know, Fireside Girls, set, they set up the tents, and it's just like, as camp director, like, uh, can you sign for our badges? 
what are you doing? I can't direct her. I am doing my, my job. My job, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like, it should be, like, we should talk about it, because the song comes very early on, and it is like, you know, like, the, like, the, like the Catholic clan, the camp on the banjo, like, I don't want to say, like, do diddy. <laughs> exactly, what it yeah, is. no, it's, like, basically just minutes after they get <laughs> off the bus, and, uh, they, Grandpa Clyde pulls out a banjo out of nowhere, and just plays this, like, old folk tune, basically, is how I would kind of describe it. Yeah, and it's all about Bigfoot's. Who is who's rumored to be in these woods? Now, given that and given the title, you would assume this episode would be about finding Bigfoot, right? It's not. It's not. <sighs> Which is surprising. Just like you had you had a setup right there, and you just didn't take it. I don't uh, know why. <laughs> I don't know if they like misnamed the episode or because uh, I still think it's a a decent episode, but it definitely doesn't fit in with what like. When I remember when I originally saw it, what I was exactly hoping for. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the more, like the more I rewatch, the more I realize that the stuff that really like drives episode home is the stuff of Perry and Doofenshmirtz. Absolutely correct. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So we so this is actually my very favorite, like so far, uh, of the Perry mission thing because he goes, he's down, he goes down a tree slide, which has there's cobbled everywhere because according to Major Monogram, it has not been used since he was at. The Academy. The Academy. I don't want to go to the Academy, Daddy. I'm not your father, and it's been decided. <laughs> and yeah, and that, like he said that, and he just like goes into like this flashback. Well, not flashback because you don't see anything. You just hear like, yeah, you a just, junior monogram talking absolutely. to someone monogram who's apparently is, not his dad. Yeah, just somebody. Monogram starts staring off into space. We see tears rolling down his cheeks, and we get this audio <laughs> flashback of uh, Monogram being sent off to the Academy. And that right there, mostly ever get about Monogram's backstory. Yeah, no, that's it. That is the extent. This episode is the deepest we get into his backstory. Yeah, but but in all fairness, I don't know if that character needs it. No, I agree. The character is much better as a little bit more mysterious. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we find out that Doofenshmirtz is holed up at, coincidence, a cabin just uh, just has been near Camp Phineas. Yeah, exactly. It's just another house property that Doofenshmirtz owns, kind of on the edge of a cliff. Also, I just know this place, this place is called Camp Phineas, not Camp Phineas and Ferb. What the hell? Yeah, it's just Camp Phineas. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I guess Camp Ferb is in London. Yeah, definitely. It's across the pond. Uh, but yeah, uh, Doofenshmirtz and he, he is in a property. Uh, Perry obviously goes to meet him, as that tends to happen in these episodes. And Doofenshmirtz is like, what? No, like, this is my day off. Like, I started uh, dating. I have an online dating pilot. Yeah, he, he's, he's literally just like, off. how unexpected. And by unexpected, I mean unexpected. unexpected. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? It's my day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, the whole, the whole, like, the whole plot of Doofenshmirtz's plotline in, in this episode is that he's going on an online date. And this is the first of a very hilarious running gag. We get to see Doofenshmirtz's dating life. Which is, um, like, okay, I kind of feel bad for the guy, because he hasn't had the best of luck. No. Like, there's a line later in this, this episode where he goes, why do I get all the crazies? <laughs> uh, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, in general, he hasn't had the best luck. He doesn't really make the best luck for himself. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a humorous point that the show likes to come back to. Oh, for sure. So... Yeah, so we see that 
uh, uh, Perry gets in and he does not have time to. He, he does not have time to destroy him. Like, and that, that's yeah. exactly where he's put it. He's like, my dad's here. I don't have time to destroy you. Uh, can you be a mindless house animal? Yeah, and Perry breaks the fourth wall, staring directly at the audience, just saying, oh, yeah, you think I can be a mindless animal? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's, he's looking like, ha, ah, things, things I do. <laughs> things I do for you. Exactly. Exactly. So Doofenshmirtz's date walks in, um, and she is... Uh, the kind of person you'd expect Doofenshmirtz to be going on an online date with. Yeah, uh, and... and she immediately sees Perry and <laughs> takes a liking to him and basically spends the entire night obsessing over him and holding him and kissing him and like completely ignoring Doof. I mean, this is why I don't. That's why I don't own dogs anymore because like I have a, my girlfriend ends up liking the dogs more than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's I, exactly I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, no, I I feel I relate. <laughs> but yeah, so like that's that's pr- that's pretty much it for both of those. So like, and we may as well like go back to like the rest of the things for Apollon because it's very like easy to wrap up. So we yeah. cut back and there's a <laughs> they're at the bonfire and I do like this scene because like uh, Isabella making Phineas marshmallows. Uh huh. Yeah, she's like, you earned your marshmallow badge. I'm like, there ain't no marshmallow badge. You just did that. Yeah, so you, can you made that up to get a free s'more. You made that up. I'm like, if you if you want a free s'more, Phineas, I'm sure she would have done it anyways. Yeah. You didn't have to make up a patch for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then they start telling, uh, you know, they do what kids always start doing in movies and TV. I don't know. I've never been to camp, so I wouldn't know if they actually do this in real life. But they start doing the thing that uh, you know, characters do in fictional setting as they tell scary stories around a campfire. Uh, first one to go up is Baljeet, pretty much tells a story about a, you know, a guy, a kid who goes to camp and he has to share a tent with a bully. It's quite terrifying, really. Quite, quite terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this is, I, I, I do give him credit, this is kind of like another building block in the whole, like, uh, Baljeet-Buford dynamic. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, we're on episode 17, there's a couple hundred episodes of the show, and yeah. the Baljeet-Buford relationship is one that, like, becomes definitely, uh, a more prominent feature of the show. Yeah, later it definitely on. becomes like one of the best. I, I think you know one of the best parts about the show. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, so, you know, this is kind of like laying the foundation, which I admire them. They, they play the long game. Yeah, but Easton for <laughs> definitely play the long game. They do. So you know, then they hand it over, and you know, Phineas wanted to go first, but he always goes first. And Grandpa Clyde's like, "No, Phineas, give someone else a chance." And it's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, Phineas, you go ahead. All right, I have a story. It's about Bigfoot." Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, uh, another like weird running gag, which uh, like every time Betty Jo's in an episode, she always has like a weird running gag. She talks through squirrels. Yep. Yep. So it happened earlier when Candace was complaining about bugs and everything. Uh, she like the camera focuses or the animators focus on a squirrel that's like moving. It's not like opening his mouth or anything. It's just moving its head while we hear Betty Jo's line, and then it pans over to Betty Jo talking. So it's like. She's just talking through this world. Um, but that happens multiple times throughout this episode. And yeah, Phineas tells his story. It kind of cuts back to a little bit more of Doof stuff of his date, uh, obsessing over Perry. And then we cut back and Phineas is finishing up his story. And suddenly, three giant Bigfoots uh, appear in the bushes um, over, like, right by the bonfire. And all the kids freak out. And it turns out that Phineas was just pranking everybody. <clears throat> 
excuse me, Phineas was just pranking everybody. Uh, it wasn't real. It was Ferb in the trees operating with a bunch of pulleys and stuff. Yeah, it was like, wait a minute. If Ferb was in the pull trees, who's this? Oh, it's an inflatable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got an inflatable Ferb. <laughs> and then he's pulling and he deflates. Yeah, exactly. And he goes, oh, sounds like Ferb, too. Like, it's, like Ferb is making the farting, deflating sounds. Yeah, so, uh, but then, you know, Kenneth starts to freak out. And then another, another Bigfoot shows up. and This, this one looking significantly more realistic. Yeah, and this one apparently not in a face of Ferb. And he eats Candace. Literally grabs Candace, shoves her into his mouth, and just starts chomping away. Yep. So you're like, oh, oh no, Candace getting eaten. Well, it turns out that this was just Grandpa, uh, Grandma Betty Joe and Candace in a suit. A very, very elaborate suit. Yeah, it's got like a full skeleton in there and everything. Uh, but turns out, yeah, this was a prank by Grandpa Clyde, Grandma Betty Joe, and Candace. They were all in on it. I, um, I guess crafting is is uh, you know a genetic trait in this. Yeah, it's it's a trait, or it's just something to do. It's the only thing to do when you're living in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, they they reveal that this one was also a prank, and Candace goes, "Oh, you got an inflatable grandma too." Um, but no, turns out it's Grandma's identical twin, Lorraine, uh, and she says that she only comes out once a year when I when these two want to prank somebody. Well, back to my closet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never noticed that when I was a kid. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, literally, it's just. It is literally, oh, she lives in a closet for a year until she comes out. <laughs> like, even as she's walking away, Betty Jo just goes, oh, we'll see you next year, Lorraine. Yeah, so, th like, that little lines like that get a, get a good laugh. But then we go back to, you know, Doof State, where we see it's not going well. Because, like, like we said, she's spending too much time on Perry and not enough time on Doof. And, uh, you know, so something happens where uh, he falls off his balcony. Can't remember what caused him to fall off? He, so, I think he, um... Oh, oh, yeah, okay, so here's what it was. He was drinking cucumber water right. uh, out on the balcony, and this is where he drinks it. He's like, oh, I don't even like cucumber water. Why do I always get the crazies? And then he hears the prank from Phineas um, as all the kids are screaming, and he goes, screaming children? It's not my birthday. And he hops up on the, like, the actual, like, wall ledge of the balcony, loses his balance, and falls off. No, yeah, for sure. And yeah, that that's it. Thank, thank you for reminding me. So she hears that, and he crawls up. He's all covered in like gunk and like leaves. Yeah, so, he's uh, leaves and sticks, and he looks like a, a tree. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> I, I keep walking. I can't take him walking. Like I am Groot. <laughs> uh, so it's but rather than that, he uh, what well, the woman mistakes him for a Bigfoot. Yeah, his date, his date is like. Oh, what was that noise? You, Perry, you better stay here while I investigate. And she goes to the, out to the balcony, sees Doofenshmirtz covered in these leaves and everything, trying to climb back up. And she goes, Bigfoot smashes him in the face with her purse. And he just goes tumbling back down the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, shoot a cutie for one, four, two, seven. Whoops. Yeah. Hey, you see, you see Perry fly up in the background. Yeah, he gets into his hang glider. He's like, he's, like, he's like, forget this. <laughs> And he's like, I'm out. Uh, but yeah, as Doofenshmirtz is falling down, uh, the puppets that Phineas and Ferb used for their prank uh, get attached to him. So as he 
uh, he thinks that they actually are Bigfoot, so he runs away, and it's basically almost like they're chasing him, almost like they're like kites attached to him. Uh, which although is, although like, I, I do threat. like I do like the line he has, which is like, "It's not the worst they've ever been on." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really, really good line. Uh, but yeah, so uh, what happens? Then? Yeah, he's getting chased by the fake Bigfoot space for put up. And meanwhile, back at the camp, Candace is just like making fun of all the camp. <laughs> like, haha, only stupid kids believe in Bigfoot. Meanwhile, at the same time, yeah, uh, she sees the silhouette. Yeah, she sees the silhouette of Jewish birds and the three fake Bigfoot running in the background. She freaks out, runs inside. All the kids look; they see nothing, which. It's kind of funny when you think about the fact that, like, you know, usually it's the kids who see something and can't, and, well, actually, it's, it's the it's the moms who see something. Regardless, can't see something, and someone doesn't believe her, so, you know, nice little yeah. dynamic there. And they, and they all look, they see nothing, it's like, God, I guess she blew up there, she's like, too much overacting, and my favorite yeah, line of the episode, Buford going, I smell, I smell ham! <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, they all critique uh, Candace is acting, like, pretending that she's trying to trick them again, and yeah, Buford has like, one of the funniest lines in the whole episode. I smell ham! It's, like, yeah, great. Yeah, no, uh, really and that's before the episode ends, so, uh, Robert, what, final thoughts on Get That Big Fat Amethyst? And, yeah. and you're rating one fat pairs. Sure thing, yeah. Uh, I like this one. Um, I don't love it. It gives us... so. It gives us bits and pieces of really, really good stuff, but I don't think it re- it really um, excuse me, sorry, weird throat stuff today. Um, it doesn't really explore uh, the good stuff that it gives us fully, which leaves something to be desired. Like when I end a Phineas and Ferb episode, I just want to be completely satisfied, which happens with almost every single episode. This is one that leaves me wanting a little bit more. So I'm gonna give this one a two parries out of five. It might be my lowest ranking yet. Um, I just think, like, I like that they give us the Lorraine stuff and the Clyde and Betty Jo and uh, the Doofenshmirtz dating and the Academy. Like, it has lots of good moments, but I just, there's just something missing. They just needed more. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of, like, the first step in, like, because the way I interpret it, the way they tell the show is, like, you know, they have vacations to both their grandparents' house and across the pond to her grandparents who... We do meet later, and it's going to be fun when we get to talk about them. But, yeah, it's kind of like the first of, like, that set. And, you know, it, it is a good, like, introduction to all of this. I mean, I like, yeah, I like Dubish Mertz, the whole, like, dating stuff. I like the introduction to Grandpa Clyde, who I forgot to mention is voiced by Barry Boswick, uh, Brad from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Second Rocky Horror Picture alum on this show now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that in here, a lot, a lot of great moments. But, yeah, I think about how to about a... Two and a half parries for me. Out of yeah. Five. So yeah. Uh, still, still good stuff. Yeah, the Academy still, callouts are really hilarious. Still entertaining. Still a lot of good laughs, but definitely gets you know like this whole setting gets done better in other episodes. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, uh, Robert, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at rbrtprkr98. That's my first and last name, Novalis plus year. And you can find me on the Take Three Productions YouTube channel doing admin and hosting stuff, and the Full Metal Trivia YouTube channel doing admin hosting and question writing. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at chancewars underscore ninety one. Check out my other podcasts, uh, PW. No, no, this no, this is PWC. Yeah, no, my <laughs> other ones, Notorious by Chance and Serious Study, which will be dropping March first. And you can follow my personal YouTube channel. Oh, and Notorious by Chance. We forgot to mention that one. Wait, did I mention that one? I can't remember. Yeah, you did. I did. Whoops. Sorry. I do this it's so right. often. I do this out of order. I'm doing it out of order, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and follow my personal YouTube channel, Chance the Critic, on YouTube. And check out the Smodown where I compete. So that's going to do it for us. And tune in next time for It's a Mud, 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 Mud World. I can't forget. I forgot how many muds there were. Muddy. Muddy.